to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. We trust that you will enjoy today's message and that it will encourage you to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ our Savior. So I was in uh, Polokwane earlier this week. Who's ever been in, uh, in Polokwane? A couple of people. Is it a hometown for someone here? Leanne was so excited about that, I thought maybe that she, she came from there, but, but not. Okay. Um, my, my first memory of, of Polikwane was when it was still Petersburg, and um, my, my dad's cell phone was stolen there. <laughs> um, but, but this week, my experience of Polikwane was redeemed. Um, we're currently, in my work, we're doing a, a big project with one of the, uh, the retail banks in South Africa. And um, we, you know, it's a big rollout, and I, I went to Polokwane to meet up with some of the, the branch managers in, in the Limpopo region. And um, they're, they're embarking on this journey, this, uh, I think it's an eight or nine month journey where uh, we have different touch points, different workshops, and there are all kind of things happening in between. Uh, this week was the first session, and uh, we, we kicked off the session with... Um, this exercise where you had to bring two objects that, that say something about yourself. One object that represents something about uh, your past, and one object that re- represents something about uh, where you'd like to go or sort of the vision that you, you have for your life. Um, and, and we really encouraged the guys to be, uh, to be vulnerable and to be, be real, and you know, they can share whatever they want. And we want to build trust in the group as soon as possible. Because uh, there's often a, a huge breakdown in trust in, in, in those environments. Um, and this one lady shared um, how she, she grew up and she, she said, um, you, all, you almost know, and she, she was spe- speaking to the other branch managers, that you know, us that grow up here in Limpopo and our parents work in Gauteng and we, we see them maybe holidays. Um, so she was raised by a grandmother um, from a young age, and when she was in grade eight, her grandmother passed away, and she, um, she, she then had to raise her siblings. Uh, she was 14 years old. She had to go to school, and she had to be a mom full-time as well. Um, incredibly hard. And she said she learned to, when things are tough and when it feels like it's too much, she learned to, um, someone told her that she must go to the mirror, and she must tell the mirror everything that's that's wrong, and, and, and they told her that the mirror will never, you know, like, tell other people your secrets. Um, so she, she did this from 14 years old. Whenever something was really tough, she went and stood in front of the mirror, and she just cried her eyes out, and she just said, told the mirror what's wrong, and then she wiped her face, and she, she went back. Um, and she said, now she realizes that, although that was a coping me- mechanism during that time, it's it's keeping her from having healthy relationships now. She's a grown woman, and she, she can't make herself vulnerable in front of people. She has this overwhelming desire to be known and to tell people what she's experiencing and what she's going through, but she can't because she doesn't trust them. She trusts the mirror. Um, and she realizes as an adult woman she needs to learn how to do this. And she said that's what that's one of the things she hopes to get out of this, this journey, even though that's not even the main focus of what we're doing with them. She wants to learn how to share her life with people. And um, 
I was like, wow. And, and it made me think about um, who of you were at, at last week's uh, morning service, Sunday morning service, when Werner was, was sharing. Um, so it made me think about a lot what Werner was sharing about. And, and for those of you who weren't able to be there, just a, um, a, a quick recap perhaps is he shared um, how Peter, you know, leading up to Jesus' crucifixion, um, Jesus said, you know, they will strike the, the shepherd and the, and the sheep will be scattered. And Peter was like, Lord, even if everybody else leaves you, I will never leave you. I will die for you. Um, you know, and he made all these declarations. And Jesus said to him, um, as many of you know, before the rooster crows twice um, this night, you would have denied me three times. And he said, never, Lord. It will never happen. Not me. Everybody else. Um, and then it happened, right? He was confronted with whether he was associated with Jesus or not, and he denied him three times outright. Um, incredible remorse that came over Peter. Um, he, he regretted it, and he was, he was, I think he was quite torn um, because of that betrayal. And then he fast-forwarded to after Jesus had resurrected, um, and they, they met on the beach, right? And the, the disciples had gone back to fishing, their old life, and Jesus appeared to them on the beach, and um, they came out and they, they had some fish on the beach for breakfast, which for me is weird, but they had fish for breakfast. Um, and then Jesus, like, he goes there with Peter. And you can imagine Peter, he knows what he did. Now he's seeing Jesus again. And I can imagine that's the only thing that's going through his mind. I betrayed him. And everything that he prophesied happened. I betrayed him, but he's standing in front of me. And, and then Jesus goes there, right? He's not, he's not afraid of the awkwardness. He's not trying to protect Peter. Um, he, he says to him, Peter, do you love me? And so he confronts him with that question. And, <clears throat> and the Greek word there for love is agape, um, which is a covenant love, a complete love, a, a self-sacrificing love. Um, Peter, do you love me? And he says, Lord, you know that I love you. But the love that Peter repo- replies with is, is philia, which, is, which means friendship, a, f- a friendship kind of love. It's not that complete covenant love. And so for the first time, Peter is real about where he's at with God. He asks, do you love me, agape? Lord, I, I love you, philia. I love you like a friend. I'm not there. And he asks him again, do you love me, agape? And he says, I love you, Philia. And the third time Jesus asks him, do you love me? He asks Philia. So you meet Peter where he's at. He doesn't require that, that huge step from him because that's where he should be. He meets him where he's at. He says, do you love me, Philia? Do you love me like a friend? And Peter says, yes, Lord. I love you like a friend. And I imagine that Peter, the rest of Peter's life was about growing from that filial love to growing into that agape love. But Jesus didn't require it from him up front. He said, this is just the beginning. Just walk with me. You don't have to reach the standard. You don't have to pretend, right? Remember what you said before the crucifixion, what you did. It's okay, I forgive you for that. But let's just be real with each other. Let's just start right here. And then we can, we can go somewhere. So Jesus is not intimidated by where we're at, right? He's not intimidated by our current state. Um, sometimes we are, and uh, 
we try to cover it up. And uh, there's a lot of tools these days that help with that. Um, and uh, you know, we, we I think I, I sometimes also put on put on masks, right? And you you post the photo that's from the right angle with the right light while having this amazing meal. Um, and and there's a huge temptation, I guess, in this generation to put to put the best foot forward, right? And to create that that personal brand, um, and not leaning into the the vulnerability, not leaning into I'm real about where I'm at with the people around me and, and with God in the first place. Um, so there's a scripture that I want us to read together that I think also, um, also illustrates this, this contrast. Um, it's found in Luke 18, verse 9 to 14. Um, and it's, um, it's about these two men that go up to pray, right? Jesus is, is telling a, a parable. Um, and he says, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector, right? So religious leader and typically the guys who are very corrupt in those days. Um, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. But he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Um... So who's being, who's being real here? Who's, I thought of titling, of making the title of my, um, my, my, my message, um, Keeping It Real. But then I thought, I, I don't know if I'm quite gangster enough to pull that off. So I'd, I went with um, the, the power of vulnerability. Um, <laughs> but who is, who is keeping it real here? Who's, who's being vulnerable? It's not a trick question. Me, he tell us. The second guy, right, the tax collector, and um, and what is his reward of being real, becoming vulnerable before God? God exalts him, right? God says, "I pour out my mercy on on this one. I declare him righteous, and um, I will I will exalt him because he was willing to humble himself." Um, so there's for me a, a powerful link between this whole thing around vulnerability um, and vulnerability. Let's, uh, let's give you the, the Oxford dic the, uh, Dictionary definition for vulnerability. It says, it's the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically or emotionally, right? So it's being exposed. And, um, and for me, there's a powerful link between vulnerability and, and humility. There's, it's, it's both. Vulnerability is both required. Um, being vulnerable will help you become more humble. But a more humble person will also naturally be vulnerable more easier. Right? If you think about, if you think about trust, how vulnerability creates an atmosphere of trust. When someone is willing to say, this is who I am, 
This is, I'm, I'm showing you all of me, right? I'm not hiding anything. Here I am. And how that builds trust. And the, the, the paradox for me almost is that, yes, we can be vulnerable. We can be vulnerable with people and vulnerable with God. But vulner, vulnerability, if the definition says, it's, uh, it's being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed. We know that God is good, right? So there isn't actually that possibility of being attacked or harmed. And we see God's response to the sinner. With people, it's a bit more of a risk. And we have to take that risk from time to time and assess the situation. Is this a, a trustworthy person? Is this a safe environment? But, um, but just the power in, in vulnerability. And I want to share just what, what this looked like then in, in a part of my journey. Um, I... I, I, for a long time, um, had a lot of homosexual thoughts, and I, 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 I doubted my, my sexuality quite strongly for, um, for a long time, for since, um, well, since a young age, but especially since sort of 14 years and, until 19 um, was, was quite an intense time for me. And I remember coming to Christ at the age of 19 and God doing amazing things and delivering me and, 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 and a lot of things. Um, but then, then I, I think I, I, I sort of real, I thought that, okay, cool, I'm, I'm okay now. God has fixed me, and I'm sorted, and I'm just going to live my life, and here I go. Um, and then I actually, I actually started to, to backslide um, in that area, and I actually I started you know, looking, at, looking at lustful images again and... Um, you know, there was just a, a lot going on, stuff that I thought I'd been delivered of. Um, but there was that 10-15% was left that I was willing to live with. And I was willing to just sweep it under the rug and pretend it's not there. And I'll just like focus, you know, 85%, at least the majority, whatever. Um, so I'm okay. Um, and I think I was tired of, of, of being vulnerable, tired of going to God, tired of including God and, and people in this journey. And... And that led to, to that backsliding in a sense. And I, I watched a couple of videos by a guy called um, Cy Rogers. Um, had a similar, much more intense, but a, a similar journey. Um, and he spoke about taking your dirt to God, which was, which was for me um, a funny way of putting it. But I, I started watching these things, and he, his honesty with God was... Um, shocked me. It was I, th- I was like, like let's not let God's ears hear these things, you know. <laughs> um, that's quite like God is like pure and holy and stuff. Let's not, you know, like He knows, but we don't have to tell Him in that detail. Um, but He would like He would literally go and say, God, I'm there's this thing, there's this image in my mind, or this strong desire in my soul that is seeking to consume me. And he would name that thing for whatever it was, right? He would say, this is what I'm seeing, or this is what I'm desiring. Um, but Lord, I, I desire you more. I want you more. This thing is asking me to bow my knee to it and to give myself to it. But I bow my knee to you, and I give myself to you. Help me to do that. Help me, Lord. And that to me was, was something new. I, I was like, no. I'm going to pray in tongues and I'm going to rebuke this thing until I'm thinking about something else and then I've overcome, right? 
But never actually letting God into that space. Never actually saying, yes, God, I'll take your hand even in this. This is gross. This is something that I would hide, you know, if I could. But the only provision for, for my healing and growing in relationship with you is, is by being real with you about this and letting you into this area. So vulnerability with God in the one sense, but also vulnerability with, with people. And um, I had a friend who was my accountability partner, and I, um, God just challenged me to be so real and open with this guy. Tell him, this is what I'm going through in detail. And I remember once, one evening I had a, um, I had a, a lustful dream about this guy, like my accountability partner. And I just felt so dirty. And, um, and I remember as I was like, cool, I'm sorting this out with God, we're, we're fine. And then we had our next coffee and, and I, it was the only thing I could think about and God was like, I want you to tell him. Just tell him, right? Um, and I told him, I had this dream and um, God just poured out so much grace on me, um, so much mercy. Um, but he wanted me to, to go there. He wanted me to take off that, that, that picture of I'm okay, I'm, I'm, I'm all right, don't worry about me, I'll be fine. Um, and to go there with God, to be, to be really real with Him and, and with the people around me. Um, and this is something that's, that's so necessary in order for God to do what He needs to do in us, right? And I think from time to time, God, God comes and He wants to do heart surgery in our lives. He wants, to, he wants to cut open here, and He wants to do stuff. He wants to take things out, he wants to move things around, he wants to make it a whole heart and a healthy heart, right? But often we, he doesn't go there because we don't allow him, because we're not willing to, to go there. We're not willing to lie on that table and say, God, here I am. Do what you need to do. I am at your mercy. I trust you with that scalpel. I trust you, Lord. Come and do it. Um, I had a friend recently, I, don't, I hope he won't mind me borrowing his revelation. Um, he, shared, he, he shared how God just showed him um, about this. You know when you, you hit your toe? If you hit your toe against something and um, you sort of, it's difficult to think about anything else, right? Um, everything else just sort of fades away and you're like so aware of the pain in my toe. And, um, and he said, God said, you know, many of us want to so badly do God's work. We want to be used by God, and that's an awesome desire. Um, but we're so aware of our pain. And we, instead of going to God and saying, God, please will you, like, fix my toe, we're like, no, I need to, like, I need to focus here. I need to do what I need to do. I need to not think about the toe, not think about the toe. Almost like, you know, me saying, don't think about a pink elephant. And, and what do you think about, Right. So, um, so going to God and saying, God, my toe is really sore. I want to be used by you. I, be, I want you to use me. And then God actually comes and he heals that toe. And that, from that overflow, from that gratitude and the fact that I experienced God doing this miracle in my life, I can share and I can minister to others. I can be, a, I can be an effective witness. Um, but to me, the, the ultimate example of... Um, of vulnerability, um, and and the worship team can 
um, can slowly come up um, is is Jesus, right? Um, I think he was I think he was so real. He is so real. You know, not only is he real in terms that he exists, but he is so real in relationship. He 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 really keeps it real. Um, scripture says that he has he has fire in his eyes, um, and he sees everything right. He sees through everything, um, and yet he loves and he embraces. And um, I want us to to just look at this. The scripture, um, when Jesus was praying in the garden of, of Gethsemane um, the night before he was crucified, and he says, this is keeping it real, hey, um, in talking to the Father, praying to God. He's not saying, Lord, he's saying, Father, if, if at all possible, let this cup, take this cup from me. But yet, not my will, your will be done. He knew why he had come to earth. He knew what the purpose of his coming was. And he was on the eve of fulfilling that purpose. But being, while being fully God, also being fully man, he had incredible anguish, right? And he was so real with the Father in that moment. And that gave him the strength to do what he had to do. The fact that he could press into God and say, Lord, if there is any other way that we can do this, let's, let's do it that other way. But if this is how you want to do it, I'm willing. Take me. Right. Um, and then uh, an angel from heaven appeared to him and, and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. Um, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Quite a real scene for me. Um, and then a picture of this is, is just uh, the following, right? It's, um, that, that to me is the definition of, of vulnerability. Uh, Jesus being God. I am fully God. I am enthroned. I'm the firstborn of all creation. Jesus is preeminent in everything. The scripture says he was willing to lay down his rights as being God, becoming that lamb to the slaughter, right? Being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed emotionally and physically and even spiritually, right? Being separated from the Father on that moment on the cross. Great news is he did it so we never have to be spiritually vulnerable. We never have to be spiritually vulnerable in that sense, being removed from God's presence. Um, but will we be emotionally and, and even some of us physically vulnerable for, for Jesus, right? And for the, for the people around us. And the reason why, why he was able to do this is because he pressed into God, he was vulnerable, he was real before God, and he knew the Father's heart, right? He knew the Father's heart, he knew that he is good. He will not reject me. He is long-suffering. He is kind. He is patient. Right? He is gracious. Slow to anger. Um, and I'm safe with Him. I'm safe to be real with Him. And to be vulnerable before Him. 